0: Hey, it's Sarah and Kristen. Welcome back for another episode of the Into the We Hours podcast. If you're a regular listener or if it's your first time here, we are so excited to share with you the voice of an amazing athlete and adventurer, Kira Molnar. While holding status as a pro surfer, Kira talks to us about what life really looks like as a female pro athlete and shares with us how she juggles training and numerous jobs in everyday life.
1: Before we kick off, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and sea where this podcast is being recorded on, the land of the Gubby Gubby people of the Sunshine Coast. We pay respect to their elders past, present, and those emerging.
0: As we've mentioned in previous episodes, we have started a Patreon account. We absolutely love bringing episodes to you fortnightly, as it really is a fun, creative outlet for Kristen and myself. We've watched it grow from our humble listenership into a pretty cool community, and we want to keep working to make it better with the quality, ease, and accessibility for us, so we can keep bringing you fortnightly episodes amongst our everyday lives. Currently, we are saving up to buy another microphone so that we can interview some awesome adventurous couples who we would love to share with you. With that in mind, every little contribution makes a huge difference to us. For just a gold coin donation each month, we would be so stoked to have you as a patron. It's pretty easy to find and sign up online at patreon.com forward slash into the we hours podcast. Huge shout out to our existing patrons and just for all of our listeners, we love you all.
1: In today's episode, we speak with a friend of mine, Kira Molnar, a Noosa based surfer who has an impressive adventure background. Kira met my husband back when they were both grums on the surf patrol at Noosa Surf Lifesaving Club, and I've had the pleasure to have spent time with Kira since moving to Australia. As she shares with us, Kira's surf route started way back when, but she remembers it clicking for her when she was about eight or nine riding a wave that made her chase her passion all these years later. Kira talks to us about her international surf history, being on the World Surf League tour as a longboarder before COVID was a thing, and how more recently she has become the president of the Noosa World Surfing Reserve to protect the shores and waves at home that she loves so much. We loved how candid Kira was, especially as we spoke about a relevant recent topic of women in sport and the unbalance in pay, opportunity, and judgment that seems to be unfortunately prevalent across surfing and most sports.
0: If you have ever wanted a reason to try surfing, Kira's infectious passion and enthusiasm for the sport will no doubt leave you looking up surf coaches in your local area after this fun chat. So let's get right into it. Cue the music with Kristen. Welcome to episode 23 of the Into the Arrows podcast. My name is Sarah Pendergrass and I am here with the beautiful Kristen Voughton. Hello! <laughs> we are also joined in the studio today by a friend of Kristen and Phil's, Kira Molyner. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> I hope I pronounced your name right there. I was like, I meant to check that before. I actually
2: just listening, live, love listening to both of your accents
1: on <laughs> the podcast. It's actually really easy to tell the difference yeah. between everybody. So Kira is the Australian one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um there was a funny little anecdote um sarah asked oh, is she named after the surf break is that what you're named after what's yeah. the like origin behind your name well
2: so a bit of a divide between mom and dad but dad was like yep surf break kira awesome mom watched the movie Xanadu and was like olivia newton doll and kira that's the name so gotcha
1: okay well at least there's two pretty good stories behind yeah. it
2: <laughs> bit of a twist <laughs> that's
1: awesome so i know kira from Phil, who's my husband, Kira was a little grom coming into the uh, Noosa Surf Life Saving Club and was on the same patrol as Phil. So yeah, it's kind of cool. When I was googling your name, a little fun fact is if you type in Kira Molnar surfing, there is one million six hundred and ninety thousand responses off of Kira Molnar yeah. surfing. <laughs> It's a pretty popular beach too. (laughs) True, true. But most of them were you. (laughs) Nice try though. exactly. So um, just to get everybody a little bit warmed up, we do like to start off with a quick fire. They always come with a minimal prompt of who you are. We know a bit of your background, obviously. I've prompted Sarah a little bit Mm -hmm. here too, but just to kind of warm everybody up. So we'll start off with a quick fire of questions and Sarah, you're kicking it off.
0: (laughs) All right. So big question to begin with. Pineapple on pizza. Hells yeah or hells no. Hells
2: yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, always. Queenslander. Right? Again. <laughs>
0: yeah. Kristen's just sticking with us now. She's the definite no. She's hey. like, oh,
2: maybe there's time to change her. I'm sure we order pizza tonight and try it. <laughs> Staying
1: strong. Staying strong. All right. So there's only one surf break that you can surf for the rest of your life. What is it?
2: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, probably cloud break. MKJ yeah and why um i just really like the reef break there's there's a few different breaks around that break as well that are kind of part of it so um it's really mechanical it pumps it's just a really beautiful wave and a beautiful place as well so yeah i would have to say that just kind of bring back a little bit of memories from my childhood so yeah 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 because <laughs> yeah, you had a stint of living in fiji as well yeah <laughs> which was fantastic <laughs>
1: very
0: good nice all right next question I understand that you have done lots of travel. You obviously just mentioned you have also lived in Fiji. If borders, COVID and money were not an issue, where would you like to go? (laughs) (laughs)
2: how do i pick one um i think i'd like to go to the mentawis i haven't actually been there yet so i've been a bit through europe i've done indonesia and done philippines but the mentawis would be really cool like a boat trip over there something different wow super different
1: that's cool awesome Yeah. yeah
0: one day (laughs) yeah. <laughs> when everything One opens day back soon, up hopefully. the minute you say that i just think of boat trip surfers like that's the iconic thing that comes to mind so amazing totally <laughs> i'm glad i hit that <laughs>
1: <laughs> now kira we've had a couple of nights out together what is your go-to karaoke song because oh. also a little bit of a preface here too Kira knows,
2: like, every word to every song. This She'll, is true. like, bang out yeah. in the car. Yeah, I have a role in my car. If you're uh, driving with me, if you're my passenger and you know the words to the song, you must sing in the car. So that Sarah always hates karaoke. A little <laughs> precious there,
1: too. You won't want to drive with me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like,
0: sorry, I don't know the words to this one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> so your okay. go-to karaoke. Hey, that one's really easy. It's actually Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. Oh, <laughs>
1: I love it. Please don't judge me. <laughs> it's a classic and it lives like 20 years on, right? It's
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. amazing. Good one. Perfect. Is awesome. <laughs> All right. So you are, out, maybe you're surfing. You come across a genie. The genie grants you three wishes. Mm. What are your three wishes?
2: Um. Ooh. That's a really hard one. It's tough, right? right?
1: So we'll give you a little bit of time to process. Okay. Some previous guest answers have been things like um, never getting injured. Um, and mm-hmm. having everybody else not get injured, so that we can kind of see the potential that people have. That's a really good one. I loved Rob's. I'll still come back to the weightless water yeah. because he's a bike packer, so obviously okay. loading up his bike, he need, he wanted weightless water so that he could carry it oh, around, and yep. it wouldn't be extra weight for him. What and else? Then
0: I reckon one that might be for you, like conditions-wise, is Allison. Again, she is a bikepacking friend, but she talked about weather and almost having this bubble around her where she could always dial in oh. the perfect weather. Regardless of where she was. That's really cool. Um, I think like
2: if I was competing in a lineup or something to do with surfing, I'd always want like the best set wave to just come to me. Yeah, that's nice. one of them <laughs> nice.
1: perfect all right so that's your one and that's
0: my one um I think to be fair as well we've gone pretty deep I'm pretty sure that Kristen's sister Hannah came up with like endless salt and vinegar chips or something oh like yeah. That. So, <laughs> yeah that's a good one too yeah, exactly I forgot about that <laughs>
2: um yeah I think yeah definitely that would be one the other one with the bubble thing I always had this dream of having a bubble and this is probably not as deep either but of music around you, which obviously you can have with headphones and that, but imagine if you could just walk past someone and share their bubble of music. Yeah. It's kind okay, of a cool. different one. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So be able to um, listen to whatever anybody yeah. else is listening to. Yeah. Yep. Um, and probably being able to teleport so that I could see my family when they're far away. That yeah. would be really nice. If you could just click your fingers and be right there. That's a great um, one. The people we love. Yeah. That Perfect. Would be cool. Love it. Good love one, it. Kira.
1: <laughs> All right. And the last one to round us off, we had a sports psychologist come on a couple of episodes. Well, it's actually been a few episodes. Now. <laughs> um, and we were talking about kind of the idea that gratitude can be a bit external. It's a really popular thing to do with mindfulness of yeah. having gratitude, but sometimes it lacks out on sometimes that internal, um, praise that we sometimes forget to give ourselves yeah so if you have to give yourself a compliment
2: right now what is it oh oh good question Mm. my compliment um Good on you for wearing your pajama top to the studio because now you're really comfy <laughs> and who cares what you look like. Perfect.
1: Yeah, that's my compliment. <laughs> and we should mention as well that Kira has done podcasting of herself, but it is via Skype or Zoom or whatever you guys zoom. Yeah. Zoom. Yeah.
2: Facebook Live. Yeah. And so you have
1: the <laughs> unadvantage of having to post it onto YouTube.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's been some funny times where I've been in weird situations when I've had to be in the podcast. Just like Kristen has known were camping and i was drenched soaking wet from the rain trying to <laughs> hide out and get
1: the one minimal bar that you can get yeah, yeah to yeah. be on the zoom call yeah this is much
0: more
2: luxury
1: yeah you've <laughs> got
0: aircon going you do also look great in your pajama top so <laughs> with <always> you <laughs> <Cheers. laughs>
1: Well, you made it through the quick round or quick fire questions. Good job. Now, (laughs) we gave gave you a little bit of an overview as well, but pretty much with everybody, um, we know a little bit about you, but probably our listener does not. Again, there is a substantial amount to know about Kira Molnar, Mm -hmm. but in as many or little words as you like,
2: just give us a bit of an origin story. You can start as far back as as you'd like. (laughs) Um, Okay. Um, So my dad's side of the family are Hungarian and Lithuanian. And they came over here on a boat and ended up in South Australia. My mum's side of the family are like Irish and English. And so I was actually born in Adelaide in South Australia and lived with um, my nan and pop in a duplex with my mum and dad for a little while growing up there. So I was only two um, before we moved to Noosa in Queensland. We used to come up for holidays every um, every single year. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so I guess background, obviously most people are European, a bit of Eastern European and, um, yeah, from born in Adelaide and then moved to Noosa and live, been living here most of my life now. So yeah.
1: cool. And so talk a little bit about, um, your athletic background, your surfing history and things like that.
2: Yeah. Um, so obviously when I got dragged up to Sunshine Coast, which I'm definitely not complaining about these <laughs> days, um, I just had to learn how to surf because it's awesome here and we have epic waves. So I guess living here has kind of shaped the way I've surfed as well. Um, really got into that when I was six years old and my dad taught me how to surf and I've always been keen on like different kinds of sports as well. So I played tennis, played like soccer at school. I still play touch footy now. So Always just really enjoyed different kinds of sports and heaps of different activities. Surfing-wise, I think that took a major role um, within my life as well. I still remember the moment when I was surfing the board that I was on the wave that I caught that it just really clicked and I was like, I just want to do this for the rest of my life kind of thing and never want to stop. Um, And what age was that? Oh, it was probably eight or nine maybe. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that long after I'd started, but... um, it was pretty awesome. That's so, cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. And you've been surfing pretty much on the Sunshine Coast. You had a little bit stint in Fiji, but yeah. most of your surfing has been done on the Sunshine Coast and a bit internationally as well. Yeah. Um, before all the covid stuff happened. Uh, you were yeah. in you were doing is it the World Surf League, WSL? Yeah.
2: So I I originally grew up actually shortboarding. Okay. Heaps. Um around Nusa and then just living in Nusa and having like world-class longboard points it kind of shaped my surfing to become a longboarder Mm -hmm. so I think I started in 2016 or before that I started doing the Noosa Festival of Surfing just every year I'd chuck a longboard out and try and surf it like a shortboard a bit of a coke actually I was um and then I was like oh this is fun I could do this way more stylishly like real longboarders and then each year it kind of just grew and then uh when was it it was kind of was a few years ago, about four years ago, I started getting a little bit more serious with it and so started doing like state titles um, and then qualified for Aussies and was doing that and then did regional QS events to get on the WSL tour and then it was really cool in 2019 the WSL World Longboard Tour kind of opened it up to a whole group of athletes which is awesome because I think there's a lot of people who don't have necessarily access to get to the events or um, only two people in each region get the ability to whereas like within Australia we have some of the best longboarders Um, like especially speaking from the female side of things we probably like Tully White, Emily Lethbridge, Lucy Small there's a, a handful but only one or two qualified i think one at the point before that yeah so it just gave more opportunity for everyone to be a part of it and qualify for the world championships which was the last event in taiwan so 2019 was an epic year of just the growth of the sport um and it was really cool to be a part of that too so yeah. So did it not include longboarding beforehand? Is that what you're saying? It did include longboarding, but there were always only one events. Mm. And so what happened was you had regional qualifiers, so whatever in your region, so say um, Asia Pacific region and then the US region, you would only have so many people who could qualify from those events to get to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this one kind of opened it up so everyone could enter into NUSA and then come and surf and then get ranked based on that. And then we went to New York and, oh, Spain and then New York. And then the last one, they had a cutoff that went to Taiwan. Cool. Um. So, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask where they were. So, New York, Spain, yeah. Taiwan. Yeah, anywhere else. And just Nusa. Nusa. Well,
1: wow. not just Nusa, but Nusa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, just, it's Noosa nice when you can us. say just Nusa. Yeah,
2: <laughs> totally. Whereas everybody else is like, and Nusa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: that's
2: pretty exciting. It's a pretty fun event. So, yeah. Oh, that's, awesome. that's super cool. I confess,
0: I had oh. no idea that um, Taiwan was home to good surf breaks. Yeah. Like, is that a yeah, yeah. cultural mm, thing? Yeah. There?
2: So, uh, like. It's not somewhere you think of, but when you look at it on the map and where Taiwan is, you're like, of course it gets epic it surf. Yeah. Um, of course. But down that sort of uh, southeastern part of the coast, there's unbelievable waves. Um, and we competed. In, I was lucky enough to um, get a wild card into that event um, and go over there. And we had cyclonic winds oh, <laughs> and a no. massive typhoon, which was cool because there were epic waves, but it was pretty gnarly. Yeah, That means like really hectic <laughs> just for those who don't know that <laughs> and then, and so trying not to get blown away there um they have a harbor there where there's nice little peelers on the inside and then a few other breaks like a couple of reef breaks and it was so big where we were surfing originally where the contest was meant to be they had to move the contest and it was a big decision and I'm not saying the name of the place where we went um, but <laughs> it was an epic left hander <laughs> reef break and it was awesome. So, oh,
1: you're not saying it. Not oh, I'm on, you're gonna, like not
2: giving any training. I'm seasons. not going to say the name of the place. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to keep it so quiet. All of us competitors, <laughs> cool, but yeah, bro. there's, um, yeah, there's a few photos on my Instagram from that spot that's <laughs> awesome. where it is, you know where it is. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that's kind of an interesting, uh, look into the community as well. It is quite open and respectful is what i understand but also in different places it can be pretty gnarly gnarly meaning (laughs) very (laughs) hectic um because i hear stories back in california that if you go to a surf place that you're not supposed to be at they'll like slash your car you know tired Yeah, yeah yeah but i i don't know correct me if i'm wrong i really don't feel that here like Talk a little bit about the
2: community of surfing um, here. That's actually a really interesting issue that I'm dealing with at the moment as the president of News World Surfing Reserve. So um, it's a big thing. I've also been talking to people over in California, Malibu, like Color Zamora, um, and they do have a lot of localism there. Mm. And I've been in the water with those crew. And if it depends who you know yeah, as okay. well. If you know the right people, you're okay. Same as sort of Hawaii, I've been surfing queens yeah. and known someone in the water and then it was like, oh, you can have any wave you want. Um, which is interesting, which is, uh, it's, it's such a tricky thing because I sort of see localism as a bad word, but then it's also not a bad thing with the increase of surfers that we have at the moment and how dangerous it can get when it gets crowded and people don't know what they're doing and they're dropping in in the lineup. So at the moment we are trying to redefine. Localism. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of uh, creating awareness from the grassroots and education programs, um, as well as having like ambassadors within different clubs that people can go to and ask about certain situations. And in terms of coming together as a community of the locals from like the paramedics to the lifesavers to the board writers clubs to just the general local surfer to say if people are visiting us, respect what we have here and respect the surf and respect the lineup mm. because I think there are a lot of people who don't understand that and they just don't know um and they're dropping in on every wave going yeah and yeah. snaking people but they don't really know they're doing it mm. you know they don't understand how a lineup works so what does snaking people mean then please That's <laughs> a good question. how does a lineup work oh, okay <laughs> For those who need to know, yes, <laughs> um, actually posted a video the other day on the thing um, where a whale snake to surfer. <laughs> oh. um, but basically, oh, <laughs> it was pretty gnarly. Actually, I'll have what? to share that with you. Um, it was so basically, if you're waiting in the lineup for a wave and you're sitting out the back, if another surfer paddles past you in the lineup and then turns around and catches the next wave, that's snaking. Okay. So you want to hold your position in the lineup. Um, ideally, if you wanted to paddle past someone where they were sitting, you would sit and let a set go because that person has been waiting longer than you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just where the respect comes into it um, and not just being greedy, really. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Being thoughtful. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I, um, I lived in Bondi for a while and saw Ooh. a lot of that type of behavior, that's wow. for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then so you very quickly said there, you are the president of the, you're going to have to... New a World Surfing Reserve. New <laughs> World <laughs> Surfing Reserve. Yeah. So congratulations. I feel like that's a huge thing.
2: Yeah. um, It's pretty cool. It's been a really fun learning curve. I was pretty nervous at the start, so I just stepped into the role um, last year in November, I got voted in as a president um, and took on from Phil Jarrett, who has done an amazing job coming from um, a national surfing reserve to a world surfing reserve, which is designated by the Save the Waves Coalition. And what's the
1: difference between a world and a national surfing reserve?
2: Um, I believe it's a recognition. So it it depends. Um, so California is where the Save the Waves Coalition is based yeah. and they designate and have to get voted in by the other world surfing reserve as a world surfing reserve um but the concept of them is to protect um really beautiful waves that exist on the coast as well as the environmental cultural and economic aspects of that area Uh, for us we're really lucky because we don't really have that many environmental threats as some of the other world surfing reserves so we're not really thankfully to noosa council they've got a lot of restrictions which actually you know we're not going to get a harbour built in the middle of (laughs) the perfect waves which is awesome uh but we do have issues exactly like we were just talking about like that localism and that surf etiquette um and developing programs to deal with the crowds and the number of people that are surfing in the lineup too which is only increasing yeah and it's inevitable (laughs) you know um so yeah it's tricky it's a tricky thing but i think we can do it I think we can do it. (laughs) Yeah, it's trying to find that balance of we do
1: have an amazing place that we would love to share with people, but making sure that it's done sustainably, appropriately, with obviously environment- being probably a friend of mine for you guys as well.
0: Yeah, Yeah. yeah, definitely. I noticed when I was last running along the Noosa coastal track that there's a bunch of defibrillators along there now as well. Has that been part of the project, I understand? Yes, it is. Um, So we were able to pop a few in last year. So
2: there's one at the Information Hut at the beginning of the National Park. There's one at Tea Tree Bay. And there is one at Granite and um, I think the one at Tea Tree Bay and the one at the Information Hut were used not long after they were actually installed, which is awesome. Um, So we have that. We're hoping to put more defibrillators in, um, possibly A Bay and Little Cove, but we are waiting to hear back from Surf Life Saving Australia to perform a risk assessment um, to pop them in and possibly rescue tubes. Yeah. Um, and other safety equipment to help, but we just need to be careful how we go about that to make sure like um they're in the right space and they're not putting anyone else in danger. So that is our key role um and something that we're rolling on with this year. I'm trying to push for.
0: Cool. It's cool. a fantastic initiative because these yeah. places, I mean if you haven't been fortunate enough to actually walk that track or surf the points These are beautiful, like beautiful spots which are actually really highly trafficked by people walking in the national park, by people using the water as well. And it's not super accessible once you get out to Granite or to Tea Tree. so It's very remote. Yeah. Yeah, like very remote.
2: And like there's backtracks there for the ATVs and the lifeguards, but by the time they can get there – I mean, most of the surfers in the water perform a lot of rescues anyway. I've done a number when I haven't been on patrol as surf lifesaver or anything. And usually that's where I don't think I've done much of a rescue ever on patrol. It's always been off. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, So we have this kind of unique community of surfers who are there to support each other. And they're usually the first ones there in the water um, to drag them out. So um, it's those first two minutes that really, really count. So we want to... you know, protect our surfers and that's part of our goal as well. So yeah, fantastic.
0: 100%. And I'm curious, are there any other female presidents? I don't
2: think so at the moment i have to double check that but i don't think so
1: <laughs> it's a pretty big honor yeah i, I th- <laughs> think that's really cool and it's funny because i only realized it after i googled kira Molnar's server <laughs> yeah. i'm like sarah this is so cool did you know this about kira <laughs> she's like she's your friend <laughs> yeah well, i told phil too he's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah i think i think i heard about that <laughs> so i think that's awesome you are like a insanely busy person as well so we've already mentioned you're the president you also just threw in there that you do surf life saving, saving patrol I also know that you do like two different surf gigs plus you do um is it private lessons like coaching um a pro at, movement yeah with, yep. yeah
2: yeah so yeah I do yeah a lot of stuff yes so, yeah, pro surfer just thrown in there and, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> everything like how do you manage it all?
2: Um, sometimes it's stressful. Sometimes Ricky (laughs) has to like scrape me off the floor. He's like, you've done too much again. (laughs) Um, so yeah, but I'm learning, I'm learning to like listen to how much I can do. It's just time management. I have been in the past and still am sometimes a really good procrastinator also, as I know a few people. (laughs) Lots of humans can relate yeah, to that. Yeah? I like to start a series and watch eight seasons before something's due the next morning. But um, Check out Euphoria. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> that's super That's dangerous. <laughs> super dangerous. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I've i just uh, – look, I love what I do, so everything that I do is is part of how I live, and I think that's what's made it really easy to schedule sort of stuff in. Uh, it's such a lifestyle, isn't it? It is. It is a lifestyle. And I think the work with the Noosa Surfing Reserve is, is a lot of work, but it's, you can see the benefits of it and it's really rewarding. Uh, and then the work with coaching is also rewarding too. Um, but it's just trying to fit people in. I've learned to say no, if I don't have the time instead of cramming my day of eight hours of being in the water, um, or on the beach, which can be quite tiring. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, Huge. so yeah, it's just balancing, balancing that and yeah, I'm getting better at it. I yeah. think we're always still learning.
0: hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I do just like love and respect all of the different ways that you've brought surfing into your life. You know, it's not just heading out in the morning before work. It's also work and you're giving back through it as well as competing in it. Do you find, like, is competition, like, the thing for you? Or is it more just, like, about being in the water? Like, what's your favorite part of it? Um, I really do like competition. I like
2: the fact that it gives me something to strive for. And improve, and something to work towards. In terms of actual heats, I actually get super nervous. Still, <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I still get really nervous. Um, and sometimes, sometimes you can see that. But when I'm in a heat and I'm having fun and I'm enjoying it, that's when I like do my best always. So I think it's it's the most enjoyable part is is when you've got fun waves, you're having fun, and you're enjoying what you're doing. You're not really thinking as much about you know, anything else. And I think that's what surfing is. It's a really good kind of mental health sort of activity as well because you're really focused on what's going on and, and none of this other stuff that's happening outside in the rest of the world at the moment, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on in the midst
1: of floods and then everything else. Mm. Yeah. Um have you ever been scared
2: out there? Um, in the water? Yeah. Uh not. Particularly. Yeah. I mean I've been like, oh, this is this is like pretty big, but Mm. I've not been like super scared. I have definitely had a shark swim past me a few times before and like come in pretty quick. Walked on water. Um (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) it's not the ones that you see that you have to worry about. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. That's probably more of a bit of a a bit of a fear is just um, yeah, I don't know. Just what, what else is out there in the water. Yeah. Which I think is beautiful. Like, I happily swim with sharks, but um, sometimes they've gone past on an everyday, and I'm like, yep, nope, that's it. I'm getting out. Yeah, and I'm not going to risk it. <laughs> too close for comfort, maybe um, some days. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of size and mm-hmm. the surf, I've not been in anything that I've been particularly, like, extremely scared of. I think Taiwan was pretty big and wild. um There was actually a moment where I took a set wave. My mistake I should have got the ones in between because the set waves weren't that good to actually nose ride. Um but I come off and my leg rope which was so long already had wrapped around my foot and I was like under the water going oh no this wave is going to pull my board and my foot off. Yeah. Um and I was like trying to get to it to get it off and I couldn't. So luckily the really gripper had actually stretched heaps. And so I kind of just went with the board and got dragged in a little bit and it wasn't too bad, but I was like under the, that's probably one of the moments I was under the water and I was like, Oh crap. Now what? <laughs> this could go very wrong very quickly. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I think, I think the more you surf, the more you feel comfortable in the ocean and, and build on that. And you also have to listen to your, you know, your limits too. So Yeah. And I'm sure you've probably
1: found
0: the edge of the limits to know where they
1: might be hitting it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think like, it's interesting. You talk about limits and then also like when you refer to wildlife and it's something that's come up across lots of conversations about adventure. It's also intuition yep. and just being okay with, okay, I'm just going to make the call. I want to get out of the yeah. water. Tonight. There may not be like a real, real reason, but it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, Is that fair? It's, it's
2: funny talking about that. Cause it's another, um, lovely surface, Sarah Robinson down South. And, um, she was talking to me one day about this sort of like weird vibe she had. I can't remember the place where it was, um, but she just felt, she just said, I don't paddle out there. Cause I just have this funny feeling. And it's almost like, she was like, well, it's almost like a spiritual feeling of like, it's just bad to, be, to go in the water there. And it's a pretty sharky place might've been Flat Rock or somewhere down South. Um, but yeah, it was interesting talking to her. And she was just exactly the same. She was like, You just have to listen to your gut, and if you get that feeling, just don't do it. (laughs) So, yeah, pretty good advice, I think. Yeah, Yeah. We don't have too much of a shark
1: thing up here, though, do we? Is there – you tell me. I don't know the waters very much up here.
2: Um, Not as much because, uh, like, a lot of, I think, where the sharks are and the great whites and all that sort of thing, usually there's a really big drop-off, which you see down in South Australia and down in New South Wales, whereas here we have, like, a really shallow – um kind of steady drop off Mm -hmm. and then sunshine reef and and that sort of thing we do have uh, there are are a lot of tiger sharks around here that I've noticed (laughs) um and the bull sharks that come out of the river when we have the floods like this and I have seen them go past like little ones before and not been too worried um but it depends like I said that gut feeling as well it's not as big of an issue here as it is in some other places with the big sharks. <laughs> uh, it always just
1: uh, made me swim a little bit faster going across my lullaby, just thinking about it. I, I don't know anything about the amount or you know, mm-hmm. what would be out there, but just that little bit of a kick to go faster. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I guess you haven't got anything like that when you're running in the yeah. wild. <laughs> Maybe bear and moose
0: chasing yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs>
2: Like drop bears potentially.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. But no, there's really not too much out here. There Correct me friend- if I'm wrong. No, there aren't any be- predators. If you're in North America and they're like bears and wildcats, that's different. That'd but make you yeah. run real fast. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, there's no doubt it's a little bit different being in the water. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. All of that different stuff that comes into it. It's- <laughs> <laughs> and you also do a bit of coaching, um, like in the water, but also out of the water. And you've yep. got an exercise
2: science background. Yeah, so I went to uni after high school and studied sports and exercise science and business management. And got my surf coaching certificates. I started doing. Surf coaching through Merrick's Learned Surf. He was really good mates with my dad as well. So it was um, really cool to sort of just learn the basics there. And then I did some work with Timmy Mitchell from Tropic Surf at the end of my, um, as like a work placement sort of thing at the end of uni. And that was really cool. And then I kind of just fell into everything. I can't actually say I've ever applied for a job. (laughs) It sounds really weird. Um, But I've just kind of fallen into different things. And from there, I met um, the guys at Pro Movement when um, Jared Bates uh, and Dean Brady had that with him um, and started doing training with them there and then started doing some sessions. And then they built the studio, and I kind of went over with Jared and worked work with him there now too. So, take a couple classes a week, take PT sessions, and I got a really cool group of Groms come in on a Thursday AVO at the moment who are really, really good surfers too. So, it's cool to see that younger generation um and Is that then boys and girls that one's just actually a boys group but um there are heaps of girls who rip away coach as well sort of thing um but that's just like a private sort of session and then some of the girls are really good as well <laughs> There's um, there's one little girl, I think she's like 12 or 13, and I'm like, you should just join the adults class. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, Uh, and then coaching wise from there, surf coaching, as I do a lot of contract work um, for a few of the school programs. I worked with Sunshine High Excellence Program for a bit, work at St Andrews now. Do some contract work with um, Christy from Surf Dancer and then also do my own coaching sessions under my business as well. So it's just a little bit of everything. And you're
1: running surf retreats too.
2: Yeah. And I'm running surf retreats, which has been really
1: fun. Yeah.
2: Get to meet some cool different personalities. Totally. That's been really good. Was the last one, I think, in November, did I see? There was one in November. I actually just had two last weekend and the weekend before wow so yeah two in a row um
0: which is a lot of work but it's it's quite rewarding it's pretty fun so is that here on the coast that you run them
2: yeah so just down um in noosa i know i've had a few girls say come down to the gold coast and do one as well so um, (laughs) i'm like yeah maybe new zealand who knows (laughs) could be cool this could open up the space for you Yeah. yeah um but we do like video analysis so i base the whole retreat around the surfing part of things there's not I've got a lot of people messaging me and say, so what's on the agenda? What's scheduled sort of thing? Whereas the surf is, you know, changes every, every hour, the tide changes and that, and even the forecast changes. So I can't predict it a hundred percent. So it'll usually be like, okay, arrive there. We're going to go here. We're going to go surfing. Then we're going to come back. We'll go surfing again, you know, so it's based around that. And then we'll pick based off that forecast and that day when we'll do video analysis. And so, Ian Ballin, my mom's partner, is a really, really good um, photographer, like professional surf photographer. He has some epic photos from like cover magazines back in the day and stuff as well. So cool.
1: I didn't know that about Ian.
2: Uh, That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he has like an awesome camera and we get epic footage all the footage from falling off, wipeouts, to perfect waves. <laughs> and they're the funniest ones to um, listen to as well and watch. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> and then
2: basically we go back and we watch every single video and go over everything together and then we'll go back and surf again and then do another video session, about two or three video sessions, each retreat, um, so they can improve depending on what they're doing, longboard, shortboarding, whatever, I'll coach it all. So.
1: And is the skill level – like? established surfers is it beginner to anything I guess surfing so individual so you can kind of cater for everybody at one time hey so
2: that's tricky because I usually try and keep it like all intermediate or all more like progressive or all beginner kind of thing because when you're dealing with people who are more beginner and then more intermediate you've got Someone wants to be in close and someone wants to be out the back. Gotcha. These people want bigger conditions, but these people want Mm. smaller conditions. Mm. Um, So I try and stick to the similar skill level when they come together for the retreat, which just makes it easier for them and easier for me.
1: Yeah. I guess they're all speaking the same language at that stage too then. You Mm. know, we're not talking about. All right. Here's where you position your feet when you stand up. Yeah, We're actually being able to talk about more higher level stuff and people can pick up on that yeah. feedback too. Exactly.
2: That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, but they're really fun. So. Cool.
1: And are you going to continue to do more surf retreats?
2: I will do. I'm just finding time. There needs to be like about 12 more hours in each day for me, I think. would have
0: been a genie wish. Exactly. <laughs> I can. can I go back?
2: I should have wished for a thousand more wishes. See, you I can't do better. that. Yeah. Okay, genie police. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool,
1: yeah. You've got so much stuff on. It's always, like, amazing when we actually get a chance to sit down with you, with Phil and me, like, and I hear your schedule. It's just crazy. You're doing so much, which is awesome. You're so part of the community, kind of like Sarah mentioned, too, which is really fun. Yeah, you obviously
2: love this surf community, but you do other things of adventuring, too yeah i do do other adventuring things what do i do we
1: go camping <laughs> we went camping I do. <laughs> we yeah. forced ricky to go for a hike with us that's <laughs> true yeah
2: my legs were so sore that next day <laughs> i am not a walker or a runner i am a swimmer 100 percent hip flexors they were moving away as they have i could not like walk after that and i like do a lot of training but just like walking for that point and it was beautiful absolutely beautiful there but um, it's yeah. just painful. Yeah, it was painful. <laughs> I, w- I held my tongue, though. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> there was, of course, fine. Yeah.
1: yeah. And you do other sports as well here, actually, yeah. here at this time because you got cancelled out playing, is it touch?
2: Yeah, touch <laughs> footy. So my my flatmates and I play touch footy on a women's team together. Um, And we were playing mixed last year, but that's one thing, actually, I had to cut down on one session i was like no i i can't do it i haven't got time i'm gonna do one session so i was quite proud of myself with that <laughs> you <laughs> I said no so. so. You yeah. said no and my housemates were like we're gonna hold you to that <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we were meant to have a training this afternoon at 4 to 5 p.m for our women's synergy team at coulomb touchfields but i think they could be a little bit underwater water. Just a little Uh, bit, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I'm here, (laughs) which is awesome. I'd much rather be here right now.
1: And soaking wet, and, potentially. And yeah. Swimming
2: laps on a footy field. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we should give give some context to the time that we're actually talking about. This is uh, we're recording on the 27th of February, which is like right, kind of in this tail end of a huge rain event. There was someone swimming across Maroochydore rugby field that we saw earlier. Yeah. yeah. That was
0: insane footage. Yeah. Yeah. So this will be released in a few weeks' time, and hopefully by that time, no one is swimming on rugby fields anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well and truly. Think of the past, yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just been crazy. The rain, it's actually interesting because I had to cancel a couple of sessions this week. Oh, right, nice! I got a good sleep in, which I'm usually up and in the water at 6 a.m. each morning, but with the lightning, obviously, we can't run in the water, so I did get a couple of sleep ins, but it's been pretty hectic storms, (laughs) yeah,
0: yeah. It'd be crazy to look back on. Mm. For yeah. sure. All right. I'm a I am curious to talk a little bit about gender in sport because like hearing you talk your passion for surfing just comes through so much and I'm so jealous I'm like I want to have something like this
2: I think you're gonna have to come surfing and then you'll be addicted like me
0: I, like, I have actually surfed, so I did live in a combi a 1976 combi for six months with oh. with my uh, surfboard and traveled around the coast but I'm I wouldn't even be able to stand up now I'm rubbish so I, I have I have done it and I was a clubby at Bondi but again I would probably drown right now so, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'll come some point and also, I have to remind uh Kristen that she's got some lessons to begin with. You, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: that's right. Phil mm. had a little gentle nudge for Sarah to bring it up, so yeah, we've got to figure okay. out something. Yep. We'll organize that,
2: <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> you won't see her on the podcast anymore because you'll be addicted to surfing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true.
0: <laughs> Careful, Sarah. <laughs> I know she's already very busy. Hang on. <laughs> All right, so gender, surfing. Surfing, I would say, is it fair to say, is a pretty male-dominated environment? Would you describe it that way? Like, how do you feel within that? I think, um, yes.
2: It's it's interesting to say we've come a long way, and I was having a conversation with someone this for this about the other day. Uh, and it's – I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Girls Can't Surf. No. no. Sounds like um, something I'd like
0: though. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's yeah,
2: yeah. It's it's really good. It's about um, the women coming up through the ranks, and and everyone before us has trying to fight for equality in surfing, and so it always has been a male-dominated sport, and uh, they always used to put the men's on, and then the women would be surfed in the crap waves because they were the main event. Um, and I think it's slow. And things are changing within the world of sport and women in general anyway. But there are a couple of things that came up the other day where I looked and I was like, we've come a long way. We've got like equal pay in WSL, which is amazing. That's all good. Like most, I think now surfing New South Wales, surfing Australia's um, sanctioned events need to be equal pay in terms of that. But there's other events where, and this is just coming up with events that I've been involved in and there's... It's a bit tricky to explain, but there's two perspectives. There's women should be equal pay, yes, um, but then you have all these men competitors. So say they pay an entry fee and there's 30 men competitors and there's only six women. They're like, well, that's not equal. So I get like the men are coming from we don't need equal pay. But the problem is we don't have the equal opportunity to get the women there. Um, so talk about that. Like, be, what is stopping women? Do you think from getting into surfing? I think, I think because it has been previously such a male-dominated sport. Like, you used to go out. I used to go out the back when I was younger, and and I'd be the only female out there. And I know a lot of people before my day who would go out there and they'd be like, "Girls, don't surf. Get out of the water." So, although we, we've come far, we're still building on that because we haven't had that same opportunity in the past to get the women up through the ranks to provide them with the money to get there. Like I work a heap of jobs, a heap, right? (laughs) And I pay my way through everything. Um, so it's it's just not having that sponsorship opportunity there as well. Um, and, and growing it. And then we get to this kind of circle where you say, okay, you've got more men competitors but there's less women and I was having a conversation with Ian the other day and I said, yeah, but there's no opportunity for the women to get there. So what do you do now? And he goes, yeah, but there's more women than men. And I was like, yeah, but there's no opportunity to get there. So it's like (laughs) just going around in this circle of like they should get less pay, they should get more pay, um, but not having the numbers there. So Mm. there are things happening now. I know Lucy Small down in New South Wales, she's my really good friend I traveled with. Um, is kind of involved in a lot of political forums to develop equal pay for women in sport. But I believe it also needs to come from that grassroots to the opportunity to have the facilities, the opportunity to have the equipment, opportunity to have the same sponsorship Mm. um, is really key because if we have to work and also women, like we have kids too, that's what, nine months off training or whatever, and then you have to support and look after a child, you know, it it, we're a little bit disadvantaged in that way, you know, Um, when we haven't already got the opportunity to get the same.
1: And coming from an outside perspective, looking in, I know very little about the sport and I haven't watched very much surfing, but Mm -hmm. Pipeline was just on, which is out of Hawaii. Yeah. And it's this... Crazy, you know, maybe talk about Pipeline a little bit, and maybe the history behind it.
2: Yeah, so yeah, Pipeline's pretty crazy. Um, I've been there, but when I went there, it was flat. It was the wrong time of the year, <laughs> so it's so funny seeing it in real life being flat and then on the TV massive. Um, but I think this year was the first time they had the Women's World Surf League event at Pipeline, which was pretty awesome to see that quality kind of jump up and the women take charge because they did. They they really ripped out there, which was awesome. Um. It was great, but
1: also it wasn't very highlighted. It was kind of my point behind that as well, is almost all day – and maybe this comes back to the fact that there was more men out there, like full stop, than women, but Mm -hmm. it was so – like this afterthought. Like the men were out there. That was the big showcase thing. And then Mm. on the next day, it was the women, and it Mm. wasn't as highlighted. So then I feel like people watching TV and they're watching Pipeline are like, where are all the girls? That was my question. I was like, Phil, when are the the women's competing? Yeah. You know, the men are getting all the, like, great waves and things like that. So sitting at home as a little girl, you're like, oh, well, maybe girls don't surf as much, or maybe it's not as big of a thing, but that's just outside looking in. So is that kind of, is it men still being showcased a little bit more than women, or do you think that's getting a bit more equal? I find that
2: even when I was like looking on the website to watch the replays, it automatically comes up with the men's CT instead of the women's, and then you have to click on the women and go across. And I actually noticed that um recently as well um and like i said it's this funny thing where like yeah that's a huge step with the surfing you know pipeline and and the women are at sunset and everything but then you say like it's not showcased as much so then there's this not as much opportunity for sponsorship because it's not showcased exactly. as much Sponsorship yeah. is such a
0: central thing here yeah. yeah yeah
2: and then and again if you don't have the sponsorship then you've got to work three different jobs and how do you just train and train like a, a footy player you know They'll just train and they get a wage for that. And that's why you can be the best in your sport as well is if you have – you know, the backing behind you.
0: So And likewise, as you say, from like a numbers perspective, if you don't have the visibility, then you don't have the little girls seeing the woman out surfing and being inspired to do that as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Where do you even start sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. And I think that it's a it's a big conversation across sports. So it's important yeah. to note it's a huge it mm-hmm. and we asked you if it was a topical conversation. You're like it's really it's very um yeah. on show at the moment. But I think it's kind of that way Across a lot of sports now, too. yeah. yeah. Like
2: especially with the women's soccer teams yes. and everything yeah. at the moment. Indeed. Yeah. um, Yeah, and then I, th- I think next week we have an International Women's Day on the Tuesday the 8th. And so I'm working with a few events for creating this Women's Surf Festival um, with a few of the surfers. So we're running a little event down at the Noose Festival of Surfing and talking through the panel of basically about what we're talking about now, how the Noosa Festival of Surfing has kind of like nourished female surfers, but how it's come from how it's come so far and then where do we go next because there's so much further that we need to go yeah. yeah. Um, to really, to really get there. So that'll be interesting. And then that thing, I think of that is breaking the bias. So yeah, that's, that's cool. You know, really cool.
1: Yeah. I like that you guys are acknowledging that we have come a bit, you know, now you can paddle out to the back and people aren't shushing you away of like girls don't surf out here. Yeah, People are like sick, yeah. like welcome along. You take waves, like good job. There's, yeah. it, it seems like that's supportive. So that it has come, but Acknowledging that we still have more to go as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then talk a little bit about sponsorship, about how that's a bit different too.
2: Yeah. um, So sponsorship, and and this is interesting because when we talk about the sport of surfing, it's a little bit different between shortboarding and longboarding too. So we can talk about the inequality in... Uh, gender inequality Uh, but then we can also talk about inequality between the two sports and longboarding which is where surfing kind of originally always came from and I'm talking as a shortboarder when I grew up as well because I grew up through that era Um, but there's this big shift lately and a big audience for longboarding and we I I love it (laughs) I've seen it Um, people want to see it there's so many People longboarding and practicing cross stepping, and it's just more than just surfing now.
0: It's so beautiful, like so graceful to watch. It yeah. is incredible. Yeah, yeah,
2: um, but but there's not as much money in it at the moment, um, and so that inequality of of having that money to support yourself and sponsorship within that sport is trickier than being on the CT or as a shortboarder at, mm. at the moment, mm-hmm. um, kind of thing. And so I think. It was a little bit disappointing for us as longboarders and the longboarding community when we come from 2019, when we had all these amazing like locations. The tour had just really opened up. 2020 was pretty good. They had a cutoff and they had surfed Malibu, the Surf Ranch and everywhere, which was awesome. Um, and now we're coming into, and now there's going to be one event again, which is what it always was. And I think a lot of the Longboard community are like, you can't call it a championship tour if there's no tour. There's only one event. And then there's no consistency with that winner of the event to crown a champion. So what we're asking for is it's not – I think it can be misconstrued with some of the posts that have come up that it's a gender inequality. It's not. It's just an inequality between the sports and what people actually want to see. And the sponsorship's there. Like you just said, you love watching – longboarding and the gracefulness of it um and I think the brands need to tap into that and realize it because it's huge like like everyone who's started whether they're starting surfing whether they're progressing it's it's a it's a sport that will always be there Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's kind of where we're at there yeah
1: yeah (laughs) I feel like surf set really gave me a good education
2: on oh, so good
1: <laughs> here it comes again
2: that <laughs> my favorite is chicken joe i just want to like
1: back paddle into a wave at pot right <laughs> just yeah. embodying chicken yeah. joe's energy yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm telling you sarah it's one of the classics of our time oh it's
2: ricky's favorite movie if he comes over here later he'll put it on yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> phil
1: i
0: yeah i only watched it because phil and we've seen it so many yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna need to revisit it so that next because this is the second episode that Kristen has raised this next time it comes up I'm gonna have like some awesome reference to throw in
1: it's got some great <laughs> themes that you can just take in all aspects of life but yeah. it's super relevant having a surf guy, co- I had to I had to mention it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then um I mean I guess there is this little bit of you know we talk about gender like surfing's also very white <laughs> as well. So it's just that inclusivity across the board but talking a- like coming from your perspective as a woman, there's some, I guess, tricky things you probably have to navigate. You know, we are in warm weather conditions. Yeah, yeah, Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) Bodies are on display and we know that society loves to comment on things that nobody asks them about. So
2: how have you kind of dealt with that stuff over time? Um, Yeah, it's been, it's, it's funny because you're kind of either damned if you do or damned if you don't, no matter what you do. Um, And I think for men, it's like we're in board shorts, we're got no shirts on, whatever, I've got a Rashi on, no one's going to comment about what they're wearing. Maybe if they're wearing Speedos, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody wear speedos? Speedo shirt? I've <laughs> seen a couple of people, but I mean, I don't, I don't judge anyone. Totally. <laughs> Maybe the leathery is at New or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, um, I, there was a really good swell recently and I was wearing my bikinis and actually they're, some of my favorite bikinis are actually, Salt and daughters they're amazing because they really stay on and they look nice um but this day I was I even asked because my mum and Ian were coming down and they were like oh we're gonna go film and the traffic was ridiculous so I was like let me hop in with you I'll come free ride down to the beach always love that (laughs) anyway I was getting out of the car and I had um these bikinis on and I was like oh I wonder if they're a bit um like a little bit skimpy I was like oh no they're good because they stay on they're fine, and they're not that bad. Even my mum, which I would trust with anything, and <laughs> judged me. <laughs> she's like, she's like, no, they're fine. What are you talking about? And I was like, okay. So I've gone out, and then obviously, like a few sets have come through. I've copped a couple on the head. You know how you're always—it's inevitable. You're gonna get a wedgie no matter what. But I'm really thankful that, like, these swimmers, because they have a tie on the side, they're amazing. And I was like, yes, I'm trusting them. They will stay there. It's fine. And you know, it's <laughs> a whole separate thing that yeah. women have yeah. to deal yeah. with, right? Yeah. It's and when they're really wedged th- up in there, they're definitely staying. <laughs> they're not going anywhere. <laughs> so I caught this wave and there were a few photographers on the beach at the time, Ian being one of them, and he got this sick shot of me hanging five and um, dropping into this, like, a bigger set wave of the day, and it was awesome. And then um, JB from Pacific Longboarder Made Zine, oh, he is a legend, just a shout-out to him, um, posted it on the Facebook call at Pacific Longboarder, and it was so funny to see all the comments. And I can't say there were any females who commented about it, but there were a few males who were like, oh, they just wear, you know, G-strings so that they'll – distract us in the waves and I was like oh that's your problem but um like, in my defense, I honestly wore normal togs. They don't look like that usually. <laughs> and then and then I thought to myself, because it's really funny, we get, like, as females really perceived by this image. And I get in this modern world where you've got Instagram and TikTok and whatever, it, I, I'm so glad I didn't grow up with that when I was younger because right. there Likewise. is so much pressure. Yeah. And, again,
1: euphoria, it will terrify you. <laughs> okay, <laughs>
2: I'll get on it after this. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah like, just that that pressure. And it, even the pressure of, like, I'm, like, what 28 now. And, and I was like, oh, this is weird. You know, you just you to like oh, people commenting about me and my body, which um, you know didn't purposefully have on display. Like
0: <laughs> it sounds like you were in this insane wave, like riding beautifully, and yeah. people are commenting on your, yeah. Arms. Like,
2: it's, but yeah. It, and I think one comment was like about like, oh, why don't you wear board shorts like the other girls do? And I'm like, you know what? If I would have worn board shorts, you would have commented and been like, that chick looks like a bloke. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, what do you want me to do
1: it's so valid yeah, yeah. and again we don't ask for these comments yeah. but again people and just like come honestly
2: I caught that way from like the pod to Little Cove Beach jumped off and walked to my car and I was so stoked so I was like I don't
0: care what you think
1: yeah well it wasn't even a thing when you were surfing it right you were like this is sick yeah Yeah,
0: exactly (laughs) yeah you said like in my defense it's like you really shouldn't need to be defending yourself no it wasn't what this is about yeah Yeah, exactly
1: So do you find that that is something that you deal with? Like, is that in the back of your mind at all? Is that something that, like, how how should we go about? You know, there's not a good answer for it. Yeah, <laughs> well, not,
2: I mean, and not usually. And and there were a lot of people on the, that post and comment who were like, what are you talking about? She just caught, like, a wicked wave. Um, and, and that's a huge thing, too. I think, um, as females, we can kind of be objectified by our body a lot and, and we need to look past that for it to be equal anyway. Like how good did you surf that wave? Did yeah. like what did you do on it? Um, you know, how deep was your bottom turn? Hopefully you guys get these references. <laughs> I assume that a bottom Falling turn on. is when you come down the bottom to the of the bottom wave. wave I, come yeah. Up, yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm getting a
1: bit <laughs> a bit <laughs> intricate there. <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, I think people should be idealised for their performance in sport and that's mm. what sport is. It doesn't matter what you wear or who you are or what colour you are or you know whether you were female or male before like really I you know it's how you perform on that day and what you do um and even talking to some of the other girls around town they said people have made comments before and and you know it's like you wear what you wear (laughs) and it's it's tricky you've got to keep your boobs in you got to keep your butt like (laughs) that's a lot to think about (laughs)
1: It's just that extra X factor. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that you mentioned that. Like, Bethany Hamilton, like, she was surfing Pipeline. She's got yeah. one arm still, right? Ugh. And she's just ripping. She was
2: so good. when she, she did that yeah. barrel and she took her, like, opposite arm across, like, where you usually do a grab rail and you, you'll use your outside arm on the wave on your backhand. And you'll grip the board in to go, and she used her opposite arm because she obviously she really has right. that arm and just yeah. like manhandled this grab into the wave. And I was like, "Whoa, that was sick! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's inspiring." When thinking, oh, what's she
0: wearing today? No, yeah. right? I Wasn't. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. It's You're just
1: right. a whole different thing. That I th- again, I think it's something that happens across every sport. Um, yeah, a bit relevant to us and maybe the trail communities. Like, I love my little trail community, but like Car- Courtney Dewalter is a very, very strong runner. Like, yep. she is in 200 milers and beats the boys like she is yeah she'll win overall yeah she's redefining running for women which is amazing awesome but she comes in and so you know oftentimes women are wearing you know just short short but like there's all these considerations what doesn't chafe like what bra do I need so that it's Mm. not gonna you know have bounce it's the same considerations but in a different sport yep she comes in with long baggy shorts that go almost all the way to her knees like big baggy shirt and stuff but she's damned if she do she's damned if she doesn't Yeah, yeah so she's like at the front of the line of everything and she's just redefining it
0: for people which is pretty cool to yeah. see yeah she wears yeah. it really well but yeah same that's thing awesome. and I guess we were having the conversation but so much of conversation with her when you hear her interview is, oh you're wearing these like basketball shorts like why it's like okay we can move past this like, yeah this is what she wears it's for like the same reason race. why I'm
2: wearing my pajama shirt right <laughs> <laughs> i so like who but that's it about her
0: craft her like skill all the like hours years of time she's oh. invested in training same as you you know it's like it is it's just a bit sad that it comes back to yeah. this conversation but you yeah. expressed it so well as well so yeah you thank did you for that. Thank yeah you. <laughs> yeah that was awesome so yeah <laughs> it, it's just an interesting
1: conversation I like that it's coming into play with surfing yeah but it's really relevant across a lot of sports yeah. right now so I, I hope in the next five to ten years when we're sitting down for another conversation that things have changed a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool.
0: Where do you want to go next? <laughs>
1: I think we're pretty good. Is
2: there anything else that you kind of want to share or anything like that? Um, I guess I'd I've probably like, in terms of sponsorship, I'd like to thank my sponsors. Yeah, good. Um, So I, I've i got uh, Longboard Shaper, Classic Malibu sponsoring me, Huey's Wax. Um, I wear Salt and Daughter's bikinis, as well as a, a range of different ones as well. Um, and then, oh, and surf flow. Um, they're the wetsuit company that I surf for and they are really awesome. Uh, best wetsuits I've ever worn actually. So yeah, like I guess appreciating the support that I do have at the moment, you know? Um, yeah. Love it. And someone's now listening to this
1: podcast going, this sounds awesome. I really want to try surfing on the Sunshine Coast. We have a lot of Sunshine Coast, like just local Listeners, yeah. What is maybe some helpful
2: tips or tricks that you would give to those people wanting um, to get onto the surf? If you're just starting, definitely get a lesson first because you will progress okay. so much better and you just want to take out all those bad habits. So even if it's just like that beginner lesson, just to get the technique right, you mm-hmm. will go so much further. Um, definitely don't grab the rails of your board and keep your eyes up are my two biggest tips when you're standing up. That's probably the biggest thing. If you're standing up now and you're still kind of learning, then just keep looking where you're going because you don't look down when you change the gears in the car or put your foot <laughs> That's on the a clutch. Great analogy, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So keep looking at the road. Yeah, but it's
0: just so attractive to look down. It's just like that magnet at the front of your it board. Is. Your brain <laughs> just, just automatically wants to do that. <laughs> it does. Um,
2: I had a client who <laughs> rode on the front of her board, and she was like. Ooh, Look up, stand up, something or other. <laughs> and then she didn't text her on her board. And I'm like, you're still not looking up. You're reading it. You're read it it's on the front of your surfboard. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's like when I go mountain biking and they say, don't look at the rock. And I'm like, no, no, no. I have to look at the rock that I'm about to hit. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, you're, you're only going to hit it hit because you're yeah. looking at it. <laughs> also, a contentious issue what are your thoughts around softboards?
2: Um, is this a question for you? This is a question for Phil.
0: This is contentious within this household, I feel, as opposed to a bigger one. I house. don't what have What side do you opinions? want me to take no, here? <laughs> no opinions.
1: Phil loves his softboard, and he's yeah. got his softboard bandits, who we described as Sarah. I have heard of y- that. Yay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell <laughs> everybody. Shout out to Jacob and Marcus, who are all,
2: they're all middle-aged. They are all men who uh, love writing their foamies. Um, What's your thought around foamies? Foamies, foamies are actually awesome. They're so fun because they work in all conditions. Um, I, th- I, th- I think the only downfall is uh, the-, the rails, um, the way they work. They don't connect with the water as well. So if you're trying to go more high performance um, and progress, and they're not as good, but great for beginners and great if you're a surfer and you, you know, are like it's a shit day out there and you just want to go have a foamy bash. Like it's so fun just to get out there. So definitely all for foamies. I actually have a little story about a guy who came into the shop one day when I was working at Classic Malibu and he um, used to be sponsored by Ocean and Earth and they make foam surfboards and so we sold them and so he came in and he's like I want that one there it was an eight foot pink foamy and I was like cool like yeah I, I was like i haven't got any colors that's the only color he's got that that's okay doesn't matter all good i just want that one anyway next day it's like six foot pumping behind the back of tea tree dolphin so the surf was really good and he just like comes out of this barrel behind the rock on this pink foamy and i was like oh i just sold that board Yeah, <laughs> so sick. Yes. i was like perfect place because if you fall off the board's okay yeah. but he just we are always exercise. gonna find your board <laughs> yeah you know, i was like no wonder they sponsored you
1: <laughs> that's awesome so i love so that yeah, yeah phil loves his foamy so there you go darling <laughs> yeah. yeah we had a foamy conversation oh, so good. well we always wrap up the podcast with a very um intellectual question to end thought-provoking you know really leave the listeners with something
0: yep (laughs) okay so I used to coach a group of little girls mountain biking at Sugar Bag Trails in Kalindra, and the session would be an hour and they couldn't make it through the session without needing to go to the toilet so they would always ask and I mean you're probably familiar with this from coaching kids they'd always ask can we go for a wild wee oh which is pretty cute yeah so the deep and meaningful question that we have for you is can you tell us about your wildest we oh <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think I have bladder control issues because I live in the water and you can kind of like pee hey, and
1: It's like when dogs come into the kennel and they live outside, they cannot make it through. Exactly yeah. like what you're saying. They just don't learn that. Yeah. So did you
0: just compare your friend to
2: a dog yeah, I kennel. didn't mean it that way. You're right. You know what I mean? What kind of dog? Yeah. It can be Maui if you want. Okay. Oh, he's too crazy. Yeah. Ah. Um, oh there's probably I mean like I've done a lot of bush peas but oh, not that wild but probably a funny story so I share a house with um four other people so I live upstairs with my flatmates Mick and Shannon we stare, share a bathroom and so there's been one time where I had to be so bad I couldn't wait <laughs> someone was taking a shower in the bathroom. So I went down outside, but it was pouring with rain like it has been recently. And I like peed in our garden at our house <laughs> because I couldn't wait for the bathroom in the rain. And I came back up and Rick's like, where did you go? I was like, I just really had to pee. <laughs> I just couldn't wait. <laughs> so-
1: okay so so the dog
2: comparison actually wasn't that far (laughs) yeah actually actually not wrong I know but but I it was just so long in the bathroom that I had to wait I kept checking I was like sure it was a half an hour later and I was like I wasn't prepared for someone to have a half an
0: hour shower like this means business we gotta take care of this right now yeah Oh, I love it well um before we wrap up if people would like to check out your surf retreats or find you online where is the best place for them to look
2: um you can have a look at my instagrams just kira molnar my name k-i-r-r-a-m-o-l-n-a-r and I'm currently just rebranding so I will have a website soon which will be linked through that um instagram account so just swing me a message on there and I can pass on my phone number or whatever they need
1: Awesome. Very cool about rebranding. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, again, you are a extremely busy, busy woman. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. It was really fun. Cool.
0: It's been awesome to meet you. Thank you so much. Yeah,
1: so nice to
2: talking to you guys too. <laughs> Love it.
1: Thanks for listening to another episode of Into the We Hours Podcast. To get in touch, you can find us on Instagram at Into the We Hours Podcast or email us at into the we hours podcast at gmail.com. On Instagram, Sarah is all the gear nay idea, and that is N-A-E for all you non-Scots people. And
0: Kristen is at Kristen Vaughton. To read the show notes or to listen on the website, you can visit into forward slash podcast. And to help support this podcast, you can also head over to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash into the wee hours podcast. Happy adventuring and we will talk to you next time.